In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Stop yourself without any words. I got so high, scratch it up, blood. Thank you. 
guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Welcome to your Thursday episode. How is everybody doing out there? Um, <laughs> dude, tonight is, uh, it was Vanderpump Wednesday, of course, and we're going to talk all about that episode on Friday. We'll do the uh, double Vanderpump episodes because I'm going to put all the Vanderpump news in part one, and the part two will be the recap of this episode. I'm going to save all of the Vanderpump stories I've been sitting on all week, all the Billy Lee stuff, all the Miraval, Tom Sandoval whining about being an influencer, everything. And then plus that that episode tonight was just so insane and so dark. You know, once again, if this had never been found out, we would be watching an entirely different season. And it is just so alarming to watch this now after knowing that information. It makes it just so much darker and it just makes Tom Sandoval and Rocky Rachel, Rachella, that much worse. I mean, it gets worse every week. My God. So that'll be all on Friday. Today, though, we've got a little bit of a change of pace. We're going to do an interview up top. And then afterwards, we're going to do a mini pop culture roundup with a bunch of other pop culture stories that I've been wanting to talk about this week. Um, but we like to talk about other reality shows as well. And... I have gotten more into recently, once again, competition reality shows. I was talking about Survivor a while back and what a fan of that I was. And I started watching this new season, this, this season, and I love it. But then I got hip to this other show that was presented to me and it's called Race to Survive Alaska. It's on the USA Network. It's a new competitive reality series. So here is the description and tell me if this is your jam because now I've watched the first three episodes and I love it. Um, so the description is this. The rules are simple, but survival isn't. With USA Network's new high stakes outdoor competition series, Race to Survive Alaska, Set along the wild and dangerous Alaskan coastline, adventure racers and survival experts must endure more than 100 miles of inhospitable terrain. Yeah, listen, those kids at Vanderpump Rules could never do this. But all they, they don't have anything but what they can carry to claim a life-changing $500,000 prize. Contestants must utilize a combination of endurance racing... Um, <laughs> right there, I'm already endurance racing. I'm out. Endurance racing, primitive survival skills, and bushcraft as they navigate the mostly uncharted wilderness with sprawling mountain ranges. By the way, this thing is beautiful. It really is stunning to look at, but then you're thinking about the actual misery these contestants are in trying to navigate all of these challenges. You have ancient glaciers, threatening wildlife, and suffocating rainforests. The stakes couldn't be higher for the teams as they race across unforgiving land in the ultimate test of person versus nature, where winning is the goal, but survival is the challenge. Over the course of six weeks and six races, the eight teams of two will traverse through the harshest Alaskan landscapes, landscapes having to source their own food and water, which, by the way, the guests today talk about. Like, this isn't a joke. They thought they were going to, like be given food, <laughs> you know, they're like, sure, you're, you're telling us we have to survive off the land, but I'm sure you guys will sneak up to some food. And they didn't. It is insane. So they have to source their own food and water while charting their own path on previously unexplored terrain. The duos must survive off the unwelcoming land as they battle every element while being relentlessly pursued by their competition. In each leg of the race, the last team to reach the finish line will be eliminated from the competition. 
So they are tested every episode. The eight elite teams participating include father and son duos, mentor mentees, siblings, couples, and new and old friends that all share a competitive edge, grit, and determination. So this was the show presented to me, and I was like, you know what? Let me get my eyes on this, and I immediately dug it. So I think this is kind of the perfect antidote. I was telling you that I've been trying to watch other things just to break out of the Vanderpump Rules reality mindset that I'm completely in, and this show is the perfect antithesis. It is like alternative programming for my soul, so I totally dig it. You can watch it on USA Network. You can stream it. There's so many ways to watch it, but I'm really digging it. And today, we are going to talk to one of the sibling duos, Wilson and Oliver Hogendorn. And these dudes, I'm telling you, what was so wild about this interview, you'll hear. It is one of the most hectic interviews I've had just because these dudes aren't reality stars. You know, actually, the one brother who was like, so these brothers, one is talking to me, um, the dude, Wilson is talking to me, um, uh, Wilson is talking to me from a yurt in Alaska. He literally, we have this on, on tape. He's, he built his own yurt. And then at one point he shows me on his camera phone, the outside terrain, and it is just snow everywhere. So Wilson has not done TV before. These are not actors. These are real life wilderness. But actually, the funny thing is, once I started talking to uh, the brothers, Oliver joined us. He was overseas on this whole another, like these dudes do like Trek and like survival games and stuff like that just for fun. But that dude was on Deadliest Catch. So the one brother actually had a reality show experience, but it was on Deadliest Catch. I used to love Deadliest Catch on Discovery. But these dudes just know how to do this sort of stuff. And this was even challenging for them. But I thought these guys were so charming when I watched the first couple of episodes. And I was like, yeah, I want to talk to them. And it's wild because you can tell there's like no media training. And I say that in the best way possible because they're just real people. And then the one was supposed to join us. Um, <laughs> Oliver was Oliver was supposed to join us. And he literally had to get to a top of a mountain to get reception to call us overseas. So he joins us mid-interview. Like I'm saying, this is one of the most disorganized interviews, but it is kind of was one of my favorite to do because I was like, you're in a yurt and the other brother's overseas looking for a cell phone signal? It was amazing. And I think this show is really worth your time. Now, just to remind you on every So Bad It's Good, there are timestamps. You'll have a timestamp that's going to be at the beginning of this interview right now. Then there's going to be a timestamp for when we talk about all the mini pop culture roundup. So without further ado, let's get to the brothers. I think you're going to get a kick. This is I left a lot of the stuff in of just the like, hey, okay, you're joining us now. I left all that stuff in because sometimes I think the behind the scenes minutia that we all go through is fascinating. I think like certain things because it just makes it so real to me. But I think this show is totally great. I'll put the link to it in my uh, show description. But here we go. Here is Oliver and Wilson Hogendorn. 
Now, one of the joys of this show is getting to turn you guys on to new reality shows. And a form of reality shows is the competition show. Now, I told you guys a couple weeks ago that I just recently got back into Survivor, but I got one better for you. I got a new show that was presented to me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm already hooked. I just finished the second episode. You guys have got to watch this. It is on the USA Network. It is called Race to Survive Alaska. So this is crazy. Um, it just premiered uh, April 3rd. It's on Monday nights, nights, but it's set in the wild and dangerous Alaskan coastline. So we have a bunch of adventure racers and survival experts, and they have to endure more than 100 miles of inhospitable terrain with nothing but what they can carry to claim a life-changing half a million dollar prize. This is over 40 days and nights. So they have to utilize all sorts of survival skills. You see the humanity. You see people getting hurt. You see people starving. It is insane. Now today, I think actually we've got both of the brothers here. Uh, I'm going to bring the other brother up. We thought, by the way, this is wild. He's literally in a bike helmet right now. If you could see him, I'm going to introduce these guys right now. They are <laughs> brothers from Nome, Alaska, and they are known for their wilderness skills and their feats of endurance. They just summited Denali in 13 days. He was just telling me what he did like last, like a couple of weeks ago from his brother. We're going to get into all of that, but welcome today. Two of the contestants from Race to Survive, Wilson Hogendorn and Oliver Hogendorn. Welcome to the show. What are you guys up to? <laughs> <laughs> if you can't see this, by the way, Wilson, I believe, is in Alaska. But Oliver, where is your brother, Wilson? He's getting a ride with some dudes through the hills in Peru right now. <laughs> he's in Peru. He is literally, you guys, he has a bicycle helmet on and he's frozen. So he looks like he's screaming <laughs> yeah. completely like he potentially has been kidnapped. This is another race <laughs> to survival. Okay, he just dropped out. But I just need, yeah. Wilson, what, I mean... I, I got to say, first off, how did you get to do this show? How were you approached to do this show? Because it's insane. Uh, I was at work one day and I was looking like through my Instagram and there was a like requested message. And this one guy was like, hey, there's this survival show that someone like referred me as a contestant. So I filled out the form and then it got narrowed down. <laughs> 30 people because i guess there were like 300 people that applied uh, there's like 300 insane people that applied to be on this guys it is wild but you and your brother so you grew up with all of these wilderness skills like you you grew up doing this so this is so this show is perfect for you guys right i think so yeah it was a little bit different because up here it's real windy and there's not a lot of trees but down like in southeast alaska there's trees everywhere and it's just a rainforest but for the most part we're pretty good at holding our own in the wilderness <laughs> i mean these guys i don't want to give anything away but these guys kill it you're going to be able to like uh binge the first three episodes by the time you hear this but these guys are great i got to choose anybody i wanted to speak to and i wanted to speak to you guys because you really had such a good nature relationship as brothers and these guys are always smiling even when they're like starving it's like really annoying you guys always <laughs> seem to have a good attitude i was like i would have been crying the first hour i mean but this is something that you just you are used to doing. Did you find this exciting being a part of this? Initially, I was like real pumped to go in. Like we were all right. <laughs> Helicopters flying around and stuff. But then once I started getting hungry, I was like, damn, 
this is gonna be a long 40 days because you're just like so hungry after the race is over because during the race you're in race mode yeah but as soon as the race ends you're just like dead tired like you don't want to get up i was trying to sleep in as long as i could like getting up at 2 p.m sometimes just like laying in bed all day so you don't have to be awake starving God, well, so you talk about in the second episode, you guys grew up hunting and fishing, but you never had to live off the land. So that really tripped you up specifically, right? Yeah, like we would always bring snacks out hunting, but we <laughs> yeah, never, yeah. nothing at all. Wait, this was so like, this was like, well, this I mean, like, what this is like, uh, hunting but you were only had your feet and you couldn't take any food with you <laughs> that's i mean that's well, the first i i don't like i said i'm trying not to spoil anything but they do let you have was it like mussels or clams or something it was like tin clams yeah it was cool because when we first started our like first race they gave us all that food in those bags yeah 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 we like, oh clams so we like popped two cans open them and finished them right away and we didn't think <laughs> we were starving like four days from now uh, yeah we didn't eat until was, 30 days later yeah yeah it was nice that we got a little bit of food well um you guys so there's brothers on this show but we also have all of these other teams you got you have other siblings you have thrill-seeking doctors you have a cancer survivor you have all of these amazing people but i have to tell you this isn't a joke like this is one of those things i went into watching going ah oh, this is gonna be pretty like i bet this is pretty light and within the first episode somebody i like i was like oh no somebody's going to die in the first episode not to like spoil it but it was like intense so you guys that was true intensity you guys were going through this isn't fake yeah like it's for reals like i don't think they would even put the like the food that we got in there i was wondering if they put that in there but i was like oh they put it in there and they other than that we didn't get any food at all from Um, anybody else I mean, how did you, did you train at all going into this or this? I mean, you, like you said, you grew up doing this stuff, but how do you prepare for 40 days in the wilderness? Did you and your brother do anything specifically to train? Uh, we try to like keep overall, like general, pretty good fitness. So we didn't really train very much before, but we just, it was more like of a mental thing. Like you had to know that you were probably going to be really hungry and doing some crazy stuff for like. A long time because we didn't know much going into the show was kind of- <laughs> you didn't know much going into the show and then all of a sudden you're in alaskan wilderness for 40 days and nights that's got to be did this push you to your breaking point big time dude i wanted to quit so bad a couple times i was like should we just tap out now like just thinking about it oliver was like nah dude we can't quit that's we what i was gonna this- see Oliver's not here right now, so you can tell me how many times did he cry on the uh, forty days? Did did he cry the whole time? Was <laughs> you you can embarrass him? <laughs> sure felt like crying, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to uh, I want to impress people out there listening with some of the things that you guys have done. Like I said. You were the first Native Alaskan team to summit Denali in 13 days, and you've also skied down the highest peak in North America in one day. What else? I mean, you were just telling me, like, you were like, oh, I was just with my brother a couple weeks ago, and you were saying some other big thing you did. Yeah, down in uh, Argentina, there's the other highest mountain in South America. It's called Aconcagua. We got that about 
14 days, I think. That was back in February. And is 14 days, is that considered really good? It's about average time. It was pretty good, though. It was it was a little bit harder than Denali, I feel like. Because you're really? so, you're like 2,000 higher on the mountain, yeah. Do you guys have a list of things that you want to check out in terms of uh, you know, what you guys want to accomplish, uh, for personal goals and together as family in terms of, uh, other things like this? Uh, it kind of just like comes to us and like when we want to do something, we haven't been thinking about it for a long time. It's usually just kind of like spur of the moment and we hop in and try to get it done as quick as possible. Uh, why the wilderness for you? Is there something that like puts you in touch with yourself? Is there a piece you get from it? Like I always like, I was watching you guys and I was like, take what, what is the mind frame you have to be in? Why do you love doing this kind of stuff so much? Uh, I feel like just doing hard stuff makes everyday life a lot more fun. Cause you can like think about it. at least I'm not starving. Like you could yeah. just be chilling. Like you could just be bored but at least you're not starving or super sore or got cuts all over your body or whatever. <laughs> uh, have you, have you watched the first couple of episodes, Wilson? Yeah, I watched a couple of them, but they made it seem like the bushwhacking wasn't as hard. The bushwhacking was like super hard. Well, that's, like, I mean, you, they, they did kind of speed through that, right? Yeah. There's so much devil's club. Devil's club is like, uh, this big leaf with a bunch of thorns along the stem and they're super small thorns. So they get in your skin and then your skin grows over it. And it's just like a red welt. And then I was only wearing those like running tights. So I got a bunch of those all over my legs and like in my hands too. Cause we weren't wearing gloves yet. Yeah. I mean, in the first episode, you talk about your tights that potentially was the wrong outfit for what you were doing. Did that did that prove to be the case the entire 40 days? I had to get really strong shins this summer because I didn't have like any cushion on my legs at all. <laughs> um, uh, watching the show, do you have a favorite team that you like to watch besides you and your brother? I, by the way, I have to say there's a father son team that is already, I mean, I mean, I don't, I know they're not trying to be funny, but unfortunately they're vegan and they had a tin of the clams, you guys. And the son was sick the entire night. He does something a hundred times that I don't want to say out loud. And I felt so bad for him. And then the dad is starting to get grumpy with the son and they're just fascinating to watch. Do you, who do you like to watch on this show? Jeff and Hunter fun to be around. They're like the same, it's like same dynamic off camera as it is like on television. But I think we had a lot of fun watching uh, Bella and Kaysen because they're oh the the siblings Brooklyn. right yeah we were it was the first day of the first race and we were just hauling ass through the woods and then we see these other people and we're like hey where are you from because that was our first time talking to them and they're like we're from Brooklyn like from New York like no way <laughs> but, but I mean like. I... Uh... <clears throat> Will you, I mean, have you stayed in touch with, I mean, without spoiling anything, have you stayed in touch with any of the teams? I mean, have you stayed in touch with Kaysen and and Bella? Yeah, we got a little, got a little group chat with them. Like whenever the show is airing, you guys watch it yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, but you're, you're really competing for $500,000. That's like kind of life changing, not even kind of, that's life changing money. Was that something that kept going through your head every time you wanted to quit? 
Yeah. And like, if we quit, then we'd have been like, damn, we quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's, yeah, every once in a while, we'd be like running through the bushes and realize that it's for half a mil. So then you'd like start going faster again. So. Uh, wait, by the way, where are you? Are you at? Because it looks like you're in a gigantic treehouse, Wilson. Where? I mean, it, this looks like this place looks amazing. I don't know what it is. My house. I just built a yurt. This is you. Wait, you live in a yurt. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, if you can't see it, there's like a bicycle hanging from the wall. There's like a flat screen TV in a yurt. It is one of the tallest yurts I've ever seen. How long did this take you to build? Uh, I built it back in August and had it to the point that in October for so about two months. It's not finished God. yet, but God. pretty soon. What's it like to be a real man, Wilson? This is, I mean, I do not know how to do any of this. This is insane. Um, Tell me what is your what was your first meal after that 40? Oh my god, you guys! He just put the camera outside the window and it is just snow for as far as you can see. That's insane. Yeah. You live in survival country. This is insane. Yeah. Oh my god, my mom's hey. dream is to go to Alaska. I've got to show her that like this is insane. Got, got my bear hide. <laughs> oh my god, you got this is like you, you you're living like every teenage boy's fantasy right now. This is amazing. Um Wilson, what was your first meal that they gave you after the after however long you competed in the competition? What was your first meal that you uh, chowed down? Uh So they pull up in a helicopter and we get on the helicopter and they just start like handing us sandwiches. <laughs> like he goes and then the helicopter lands at uh, another spot to pick up some more stuff. Dude rips open a cooler with just full of snacks and you just like dig in. I think I ate, it was like a 10-minute helicopter ride and I ate like three sandwiches and a bag of Cheetos, a thing of candy, <laughs> drink some water. What's just going on? What does that do to your... That's got to really be bad for your system after 40 days of starving. Like how long did it take you to reacclimate to your actual life? Uh, I think it was like three weeks probably because like you're starving for so long and your brain's telling you need, you need to like eat as much food as you can, but you're already full, but you keep eating. So you just like, your belly's so huge and you're just, <laughs> you're, oh, you're like still starving. Like your brain is starving, but your belly's not weird. In terms of how you and your brother work as a team, even off this show, what do you think his strengths are and what do you think your strengths are? Uh, his, I feel like his strength is like, wait, 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 let's pull up Oliver. Really? Oliver. Hello. What's up, dude? Uh, by the way, I, I was explaining to the audience, you were completely frozen and you look like you were screaming, like you were being kidnapped. Tell the people where you are right now, Oliver. Uh, I'm in Peru heading towards, uh, Lima. I got a ride over the mountains, uh, so I can make this phone call hopefully. And so, uh, here what? I am. Oh my God. Do you ever stop racing? Like, I mean, my God, you, it feels like you're on another TV show right now. No, uh, this has just been one of my life goals. So I, I had to move right into it. You know, COVID got in the way, uh, the past couple of years. So I just kind of had to go right into it. Well, uh, Wilson just showed me his yurt he built. So, uh, I mean, this is a truly nice. incredible day for me as well. Uh, I was just asking your brother, maybe you can answer this. What do you think his strengths are? And what do you think your strengths are working as a team? Uh, we work really well. Wilson 
is good at learning things on the fly and adjusting really fast. And I feel like I kind of pick up things over time and I can build on stuff, you know, in my head in the background and together we can, uh, you know, push forward in that like two, uh, two things at once. Wilson, do you agree with that? Or do you think he's full of crap? I concur. <laughs> <laughs> um, I already got to talk to Wilson for a sec, but Oliver, before I lose you again, what was your favorite thing about doing this show? And was the show way more intense than you ever thought it could be? Uh, my favorite thing was definitely just hanging out with Wilson, trying new things, uh, being able to meet new people from all over the country was like really cool. I enjoyed that. And it was definitely way more uh, involved than I thought it would be. I had no, no idea I'd be starving that much, <laughs> that extreme. That was intense. But you did it. I mean, you got out on the other side and now look at you now. I mean, that's what I'm saying. What is your next goal after the goal you're doing right now? Uh, I was asking Wilson, like, what's the next thing after this? See, he was just saying things kind of just present themselves. But do you have something that you already have in your, your mind's eye? Um, I want to give myself a place to live. Like right now, I just have a little shack that I live in, like a 10 by 20 shack. So it'd be nice to find a house or build a house. Wilson doesn't let you yeah. live in the yurt. Will, uh, Wilson has a whole perfectly <laughs> no. good yurt you can move into. This is, um, would you guys do TV again? Would it, what if they do another, uh, race here, like a, a all-star race to Alaska or somewhere else? Would you sign up for an experience like this again? Uh, if the, if the prize money was a little bigger, yeah, I think I'd, <laughs> I'd go for, I'd go for an all-star race. <laughs> what about you, Wilson? Double it and give it to the next person. <laughs> By the way, this is how intense this show is, you guys. Oliver pretty much said he would not do it unless there was more money. That's how you know you were – like, I thought that was one of the most exciting things is that you really looked like – like, not you guys in the first couple episodes, but you see how many people are struggling in this show, and it really does a great – I mean, the cinematography is beautiful, but you really just go, oh, my God, you guys aren't – I mean, not you in particular, but – other people, I was like, they're not going to make it. They're, there's no way they're going to survive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like I was hoping that there would be like uh, some fake food, you know, like they give us like little snacks in the yeah. background. But there was like, none don't of that. tell me this. Oh, yeah. Maybe some- yeah, yeah. Here's, well, that's the other thing. What what was it like? Because you guys do uh, similar things in your actual life, but what's it like with a camera guy following you? And I mean, that camera guy, that's got to be intense, or camera woman, that's got to be intense for them as well. I mean, what's it like, though, to be on TV while you're struggling? Uh, I don't know. We just hope that they can keep up and like they wouldn't get hurt. And they had, they had to get me mic'd up all the time, so that was a little bit different. And, like, repeat the sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. I, mean, I found myself having to, like, remind myself, like, okay, what do I think about this? Like, how am I supposed to answer this question? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it just sucks because you're already trying to survive in these insane terrains, but then to also be on TV on top of that and to realize how, that we're all going to watch this. You're going to have potentially millions of people watching this show. It's got to really mess with your mind on another level as you start starving. Just like, don't act up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait do yeah. we get to see you guys get into a big fight do you ever as brothers 
do you squabble a lot and do we see a big fight? I don't want to spoil anything, but does that ever come up in the show? Nah, I, I can so. be all. <laughs> I'm telling these guys, I'm telling you, these guys were my favorite team of the first two episodes I saw. Like they're just so good natured and you guys have so much knowledge. And I really think people are going to absolutely love this show. And right now is the perfect time to start this show because you can binge the first two to three episodes and then it's going to be airing every Monday night on USA. You can also stream the show. Um, but uh, Oliver, when do you get back from uh, your adventures? Uh, I'm going to take a break in a month. I'm going to go back home and catch some more crab, uh, fish. Wait, are you a crab fisherman too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you like the deadliest catch crab fisherman where you throw out the pots and stuff? Yeah. Dude. Wait, is that <laughs> Wilson? Do you do that too? Yeah. No, Wait, I'm, I'm a, I'm a... <laughs> what did you do, Wilson? Uh, gold miner, like a suction gold jitch. Oh my God. Wait. <laughs> You, wait, did you say you were on Deadliest Catch? Oh, yeah, season 18. Dude, I stopped watching that show at, like, season 12. Because, but, like, I would, I was so obsessed where I would act like I was throwing out the crab pots. And you guys, like, they would be up for, like, 48 hours at a time. It looked like the most miserable experience in my life. Like, I, I can't believe you. But I need a reality show just to follow you guys around. You're digging for gold. You're crab potting. Like, this is insane. But uh, thank you guys so much for being here. I know this is potentially a pain in your butt for where you're located, but these guys are true adventurers. And I just, I thought you guys had such a good spirit on the first couple of episodes. Is there a way that we can support you? Do you guys have Instagrams? Where, where can we follow your next adventures? Got Instagrams, just <coughs> my first one. Wilson okay. Hogendorn. And same with yeah. you, Oliver? Yeah, uh, mine's uh, the Hoog. The who? Yes. Okay. Okay. You guys, I'm going to put all that information in the show notes, but what I want you to do, go to that DVR, set a recording for this. It's on Monday nights. I'm telling you, you're going to dig it. I really dug it. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen on a, I'm on episode two and I cannot wait to watch the remaining. I think there's seven, there's like seven or eight episodes left and I'm really, really excited, but Thank you guys today. I really, I hope, I hope you win this thing because you, you're, you're my odds on favorite. So I, I really hope don't, don't give it away, but I hope you do. And I hope to see you on my TVs down the line. Hell yeah. Thanks Ryan. Thanks. Oliver and Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you when I saw that he was in a yurt, I was like simultaneously jealous and completely confused because I was like in my parents' guest room and this dude's in a yurt and the wilderness is right outside. And the other brother was like calling me from the time. I mean, I'm like, these dudes are really out there doing it. But also there's so many other great teams on uh, Race to Survive. I, I actually have added it to my queue and it's one of those things, like I said, I needed this show right now because it just takes me completely out of these other reality series that are driving me crazy. And I, there's something like, I'm not a competitor in my real life. I God, I wish, but I actually like competitive reality shows. I'm like, hell yeah, let's get that bread. So anyways, go check it out. Um, we're going to cut to commercial right now. We'll be back for a pop culture roundup. So uh, buckle in. 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We'll be back to the show in just one second, but now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week we have a brand new sponsor, and I am so I am so happy about this sponsor because I dig them so much. Their name is Quince. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E. And they have some of the coolest, classiest clothes that I've seen on any online store. I was like, are you kidding me? I finally get to dress like a champion? They say shopping for clothes is a compromise because it often feels like I have to choose between saving up for an expensive luxury piece, which I'm trying to do as I get older. And so far, I have just one really nice jacket. (laughs) But you also then find yourself settling for cheap fast fashion items that won't last. But now, since I have elevated my closet with quince, Things are starting to take a turn. And I'm going to tell you about what I got in just one second because I am so over the moon. But I want to let you guys know I'm a guy, obviously, amazingly deep voice, but their women's clothes are incredible. I showed my sister last week in Arizona, her and my niece Addison were in love with this. And she was like, can you get me a discount? And I was like, no, please buy something. It helps the show. Hopefully that's going to come through, (laughs) but I'm telling you, if you go to the website, you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about immediately. So with Quince, I can get high quality, timeless pieces. You can get high quality, timeless pieces without paying that luxury price tag, because let's not joke around. (laughs) Money is scarce these days, and you got to spend it on pieces that are awesome, that are durable, that will last you, and that will never go out of style. Quince offers a range of must-have items like a 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater for only 
100% European linen pants for $40, luxurious mulberry silk skirts at $60, not to mention $50 Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from $30. So all their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar luxury brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in your closet forever. So this gets my complete personal endorsement. Now, you know what? I was, you know that line in that movie, As Good As It Gets, with Jack Nicholson? He tells Helen Hunt, you make me want to be a better man. Quince makes me want to be a better dresser. You know, like I'm like, damn, I would look good in these potentially. It is time for upgrades. It's time for me to get back out there in the real world and not just sit behind a computer all day. And with Quince, I would be proud to be seen by people without my basketball shorts on. Now, these are the items I got from Quince. They came pretty much within a week of me ordering them, and they are awesome. Okay, so you want to hear what I got? Uh, I was able to get two things, and I got a double-brushed stretch overshirt jacket. It is like navy blue, and it's cool because it's like I like cover-ups, you know, just, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm shy. But I love, like, you can wear it with a T-shirt. You can uh, button it up, and it kind of looks like this cool shirt. But then if you unbutton it, kind of like almost like a thin jacket, and it just, like, the material is so, so, like, it just... It's really nice material, and you can tell it is very, very durable. That's not all, folks. You, you, you know your boy loves a jacket, right? Well, I got, I got a jacket, and I am ecstatic with this. I'm trying to find the actual description of the jacket because you gotta, you gotta hear about it. Okay, yeah, it's the uh, 100% European linen blazer, also navy blue. This thing, European linen, folks. Your boy is worldwide. But I'm telling you, this thing is classy. Once again, you could wear it with a t-shirt. You could wear it with a light button-up. You could. It is a perfect light jacket for summer that's like a little classy. You know, if I went to Buca de, Be- Buca de Beppo, Dorit's room, I think it's perfect to wear there or any kind of summer event where you need to be a little bit more upscale. And the price on this is the right price. Trust me. I am so thrilled that these guys are my sponsor and I need you all to go and just look at the website because I don't even think I have to sell you on it. I think the website will sell you on it, but I want everybody to get something. I mean, I think this is a potentially a gift to you as well. Um, but I will say when I saw these, I got a little nervous cause I was like, Oh my God, these gotta be really, really expensive. And then it turned out it was stuff that I could afford. And I was like, no way. Why have I ever been shopping elsewhere? Um, and like they say, the, the price is a fraction of what you expect and totally impressed with the quality. Um, so I bet you're wondering how they do it. I was wondering how they do it. Now, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings you guessed it on to you. And what's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices. That's very important. And premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes. So you and I can feel good about getting high quality items that last longer. Now, this is the most important part of this message. Shop with Quince today and discover the affordable luxury you deserve. Right now, go to quince.com slash so bad and you're going to get free shipping. 
and you also have 365 days to return. Um, uh, sorry, 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash so bad. Q-U-I-N-C-E. That's free shipping, 365 day returns, quince.com slash so bad. That is going to be in the show notes as well all week long. So you are going to be hearing about Quince all week long, folks. And I am actually happy to have you hear about it. So now back to the show. Folks, what is up? My God, can you hear the fear in my voice? That is the that, that is literally the voice of tomorrow is Thursday, and I need to get as pumped up as possible to do these two Vanderpump Rules episodes. I uh there's just so much. Like my mind is going in 30 billion different directions with this. Because, like I said, each week is like a new extended game of clue, which by the way, now that I'm thinking about, it, why don't they have a Vanderpump Rules Clue edition? <laughs> like it was, it was Jax with the condom in the old lady bedroom with Faith. <laughs> I'll take Colonel Mustard at the Tom Tom with the. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, very professional, very professional. Oh, also, dude, you know another show I got to recommend to you guys that I was watching tonight. Because I'm interviewing um, one of the actors, is there's a new show on Amazon Prime. Actually, one of their apps on Amazon Prime is called uh, Freevee, F R E E V E E, and uh, that's where Jeff Lewis's new show is on Freevee. It's totally free to watch. You can find it on Amazon Prime as well. But it's called Jury Duty, and it's so funny because the conceit of the the concept of the show is that it's a trial where they're picking uh, jurors and things like that, but everybody is an actor except for one guy. So this dude is going through this thinking everything is completely real, but it's all completely staged. And uh, I'm going to be talking to one of the actors. That'll be next week. But it's another one of those shows where I'm like, oh my God, I'm in like, I'm in heaven watching stuff like this. It is so up your alley as well. It is so flipping funny. And I think that's, it's just, it's great. We are in the golden age of television. We might not be in the golden age of our own lives, but we are in the golden age of television. There's so much good stuff to watch right now, but I'm, I want to turn you guys onto that because I just, I, I, I think it's pretty great. And I can't wait to talk to one of the actors uh, tomorrow. You, you should be hearing that next week, but I, I'm actually really good friends with one of the actors on there. So she's going to come on and I cannot wait to talk about the process of that. I geek out on this stuff so much. And I think for an audience, you guys will love, love, love to hear about it. So, okay, let's talk about some stuff. Let's start with Coachella. Now, Coachella, we talked about on Monday's episode. I'm a huge music fan, as are a lot of you guys. And I was talking about a bunch of different things. But one of those things I was talking about is wanting to understand Bad Bunny. I was trying to understand... Um, you know, the, what, what, what everybody finds so special about him. Cause I was trying to watch and I was trying to understand it and trying to, and you know, like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I can kind of hear the music, the more it plays, but I'm trying to like, people love this dude. And I, so I said on the show, please let me know. And one of the listeners, um, Amy go underscore posh wrote me this great comment and I asked permission to read it. So let me read it to you guys. She writes, Hey, so I wanted to tell you why a lot of people love bad bunny especially if they are Puerto Rican or Latino. 
When he went on Jimmy Fallon's in a skirt, it was not to be provocative. So he actually did an appearance on Jimmy Fallon in a skirt. Um, but he did that because a trans woman was killed in Puerto Rico. He was showing love and support to that community and going against uh, a very machismo way of thinking in his country. In my country, she says. Also, Puerto Rico had a corrupt governor, and he went and protested and got people to fill the streets asking him to resign. He canceled tour dates to do this. He said it meant more to him to help his island than to make money. Some of his songs are about acceptance, not to judge people on their looks and who they love. He has really gone against a lot of what other people in his genre would do. We are from a culture where men have to act one way, and he has made it mainstream to be another way, to think a different way, sort of like Prince or David Bowie for the Latin community. He's young and can make mistakes, but his message really means a lot to Latinos and Puerto Ricans. But as for me and my friends, we don't see the appeal for him to be with a Kardashian. Seems off-brand, but I love him. And this was the perfect comment for me. I was like, oh, okay, starting to get it. You know, like, honestly, I was like, Wow, he stands for amazing things. And when she said Prince and David Bowie, I was like, oh, now I get it even more. And now I kind of, kind of, I can't wait to like listen to his music again and, and kind of try to listen with those ears about that. You know, like Prince and David Bowie are two people that really push their boundaries for their type of music and mu music just in general. But what they meant to people, you know, like I, I spoke about Prince on Monday and what he means to me and hearing this, that's what I was trying to talk about too, is that I see how much love there is for this guy. So I want to understand. So this was just the perfect comment and hopefully you guys uh, understood that as well. You guys might already completely love him. And by the way, for anybody like my mom listening, Bad Bunny is a very popular music act right now. And it seems like he'll be around for a while, but then that's the scary part though. Even she admits that the very end, we don't know why he's dating a Kardashian. Because, uh, and just to, you know, maybe comfort you a little bit, he's not. He's dating a Jenner. He's dating, he's not dating, he's dating Kendall Jenner. That's not a Kardashian. That's half of a Kardashian. No, but he really is dating Kendall Jenner. And I can imagine now, now I kind of even see why, like, I always just go against anybody the Kardashians date, but now I can see why it's so offensive to some, because if he stands for that much amazing stuff, it would maybe be potentially a disappointment to have somebody with a Jenner or a Kardashian, because usually, this is not me saying this, but a lot of people have the, you know, I don't know if it's a misconception, but they think that the Kardashians don't stand for a lot except for making money and getting their image out there as much as they can. But from the love they have for Bad Bunny and what they say he's about, I really don't think he would do something just for attention. But I have seen, I have seen stardom change people. I, I you know, like you, you do see it. In certain ways, you know, I think you get to a, a point where everybody loves you so much that sometimes you see it mess with your ability to make decisions. And I think there's also a point potentially when you get ultra, ultra famous, it's rarefied air. So it's hard not to get swept up in that. It's hard probably to keep your foundation of what you're truly about. And I'm sure there's a learning curve on that. I've been around a couple of really famous people in my life where I've seen one in particular where it really changed them 
But then they came out of it like a year later and they were like, wow, that was just really wild to go through. So I'm sure, but like, it is interesting how we immediately think when a Kardashian or a Jenner is involved, that we've lost something, that we've lost them. You're like, oh no, they're not with us anymore. <laughs> like they've, they've gone to the dark side, which is amazing. Could you imagine being a girl? <laughs> thinking whenever a guy got with you, people were just, just disappointed across the board. <laughs> Kindle's like, uh, Bad Bunny, you don't read uh, the papers, do you? Please don't go on any blog sites. Please, 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 please. The other thing I will say, though, and what I've read is that Bad Bunny, he is, you know, primarily... Uh, he is not uh, completely fluent in English. So a lot of comments I've read, I don't know if that's completely true, but it does say, I, I do wonder if there is a language barrier. But then, of course, my joke for that is it's probably, you know, I don't think Kindle's like, I don't think Kindle's like blowing you up with philosophy day in, day out. You know, like maybe the only communication they need is just love. Maybe that's just the the look of love. They, they, they both speak the language of love. Um, okay, and on to Coachella. We talked about Frank Ocean. Um, uh, he was the headliner on Sunday night. He came out an hour late. His stage show was completely different. He lip-synced like a couple of his songs. He did a 10-minute DJ set. Not him being the DJ, somebody else. It was just a mess of a performance. He did about an hour and then he bolted um, and said, sorry, it's curfew, gotta go. And people were just left mystified. And since then I said, you know, pay attention. I think on Mondays I've said, episode, I said, pay attention PR wise, what's going to happen. I really expected by Tuesday we would hear that he dropped out of the second weekend of Coachella. Now we didn't hear that on Tuesday. We did hear it on Wednesday, though. Today, it was announced that Frank Ocean dropped out of the second weekend of Coachella. And that is big, you guys, because he is a headlining act. There was three headliners, Blackpink on Saturday, Bad Bunny on Friday, and Frank Ocean on Sunday. But this is a big deal. And the more you read about it, it was interesting because you saw a lot of varying PR reactions. Somebody said that he hurt his ankle earlier in the week, and that is why they had to change the stage setup, which was going to be, I shit you not, you're going to think I'm making it, it was going to be an ice rink. And he had hired 40 professional ice skaters, hockey players, and they choreographed a bunch of ice things. And then he woke up that Sunday and said, you know what? Don't want to do the ice rink anymore. And they had to melt it. And they completely had to redesign everything. And it just turned out to be a mess. It didn't seem like he was getting along very well with the organizers of Coachella. But also at the same time, Paul Tollett, who is the person that started Coachella and he's still in charge of it, I just thought this was so sloppy in so many ways. Last year, he had booked Kanye, and Kanye canceled like a week before in the weekend, and Swedish House Mafia took over. By the way, for people who don't like music, you might think I'm just speaking gibberish, and in some ways I am. But, you know, Kanye had bailed. He got the weekend to take over, but this is the second year in a row something wild has taken place either right before or after the first weekend. And this is a lot because people pay thousands of dollars to go to this event. It is not cheap. And Frank Ocean was this artist that had not performed in six years. So this was a good get. 
And the fact that he bailed out of the second weekend, you can say what you want. I, like I said on Monday, I think there's a disrespect to the fans. And I've read so much discourse of like, well, Frank doesn't owe anything to anyone. He's an artist. He's beautiful for what he does. And I'm like, that's all well and good. I think he really is truly one of the best singers of this generation. But don't take the money then. If you can't do it, don't take the money. It's disrespectful. If you don't like your fans, don't like your fans, but don't then say you're going to perform. There's a contract, not just with the fans, but an actual contract you sign that you're going to perform. Um, his statement today um, said that uh, he did fracture his leg in a couple of different places. Um, he did look like he was bopping around when I watched um, some of the clips on Sunday night. So I don't know how truthful that is, but he pulls out citing a leg injury. Uh, he said it suffered a leg inj injury on the festival grounds. Frank Ocean was unable to perform the intended show, but was still intent on performing. And in 72 hours, the show was reworked out of necessity. They're talking about the first weekend. On doctor's advice, Frank Ocean is not able to perform weekend two due to two fractures and a sprain in his left leg. The note concludes a statement from Frank himself. Quote, it was chaotic. There is some beauty in chaos. It isn't what I intended to show, but I did enjoy being out there and I'll see you soon. I'm glad he enjoyed it because there was like 90,000 people out there that were confused as hell of what he was doing. So he is now bailed out. Um, and uh, I do think that the leg injury, though, is wild, too, because this dude's like a crooner. He's got a beautiful voice, but his songs are very slow tempo. And even when they had the ice rink element to the stage production, he wasn't skating himself. So listen, and I've seen like I'm telling you. If Beyonce fucking was sawed off like at the waist, she would still find a way to perform. I'm sorry. And by the way, we're going to talk about that because Tom Sandoval talks about opening uh, Schwartz and Sandys. He's like, we're not trying. Like, we don't need to hit it out of the park. We don't. How many people even get A pluses? We're B minuses, man. Or some shit like that. But, you know, there are certain performers that like, no, I'm going to perform. And that's their jam. And maybe Frank Ocean isn't like that. But then don't sign the contract. Um, but also, I was at Coachella when uh, Axl Rose had broken his leg. And they made him sing. Well, he didn't make him. He sang on a throne. I also saw Foo Fighters when Dave Grohl hurt his leg. He performed a whole tour on a throne and it was badass. I saw it two times. I saw it uh, once at the forum and I saw it at uh, Austin City Limits. Awesome shows, both of them from a chair. So I think there's a lot of elements of play we're still not finding out about, but I think it's interesting because PR, public relations, play a part in all of this. I mean, in public relations, We, I think that's like one of the number one stars of 2023. We even see it with Vanderpump Rules. We're going to talk about it on Friday with Tom Sandoval and the Miraval Resort. And, you know, it, it's just interesting how things are portrayed to the audience to elicit a certain reaction or to potentially um, stop a... a, a to, to stop people from thinking negative things, even if negative things have happened, which is going to lead me to my next story. Oh, also, before that, though, don't worry. Blink-182 took over for the Sunday night headliner slot for Frank Ocean. Completely different music genres, but they stepped up. They played Friday during Coachella, but that was a secret set, and they weren't going to come back second weekend, but now they are going to take over for Frank Ocean's slot. I watched the Blink-182 set on the live stream, and you guys will be able to watch the live stream of Coachella Weekend 2 as well on 
uh, YouTube, so you'll be able to watch all these sets. But Blink-182 Blink was a lot of fun. I don't think it has the same magic as the Frank Ocean booking, but that's only if Frank Ocean had actually done his job. But Blink-182, that's the thing. It's like you want... Like, dude, these people, like, work hard. I saw so many stories on TikTok of people that had, like, I worked all year to afford to do this, and, like, I was coming just for him. I watched one girl that flown from Japan just to see him, and it's like, you want people that want to be there and perform for you, because this stuff is, you know, it might be hard artistically for the performers, but it's hard for the audience, too. Like, you know, not everybody is rich. This is a treat to so many people to see live music. And uh, you, you want people that are willing to to give a good performance, to give a memorable performance. Okay, and talking about public relations, we need to talk about the actor, once again, Jonathan Majors. Now, if that name sounds familiar, me and Sophie talked about him a couple of weeks ago, but you also know him because he is a actor on the rise, or he was an actor on the rise. Jonathan Majors has been in so many roles in just the last couple of years. He was uh, he played the bad guy in Creed 3 most recently with Michael B. Jordan, but also he plays the villain Kang in Ant-Man and the Quantumania, which just came out. But his character Kang is going to be the next big bad guy in all the Marvel movies. Before it was Thanos with the Infinity like Stones. And they had the, all the Avengers movies based on him and all of that stuff. Well, Kang is the next big villain. So even all the solo Marvel films is going to have Kang on it. So Jonathan Majors was going to be in all those movies. Like I said, he was in Creed 3. He has all of these movies coming out. There's a movie that he supposedly will be nominated for an Oscar this year uh, that has not come out yet, but was going to be released in a couple of months. Well, a couple weeks ago, he was accused of abuse by his girlfriend, but, uh, you know, there was a police report filed and all that. But within the day, you saw how public relations work. You see how a tragedy, like a team, you know, a crisis management team got involved. Um, so also Jonathan Major's lawyer, by the way, represented Jen Shaw. It was Jen Shaw's attorney that represents Jonathan Major's. So anyways, the next day we saw, we, we get this story from Jen Shaw's attorney that, no, this was all a misunderstanding. The woman just had emotional problems. It's always funny how the woman always has the problem. That's another thing that keeps popping up, especially in entertainment circles, whether it be Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, which I know a lot of people are still very conflicted about, you know, whether it be, you know, a lot of women are, you know, or even the army hammer, you know, we had Effie with army hammer. They're always painted in this. Well, they're insane. These women are insane. And not to say that some women aren't, but a lot of men are too. Now we get reports today that Jonathan Majors issues are going to be worsening because there are more alleged abuse victims that are cooperating with the district attorney's office in New York. And we got word in the last couple of days that his agency and his management team have both dropped him. Now, Jonathan Majors prepares for a May 8th court appearance on domestic violence charges, but they say his PR problems, according to Variety, are going to get much bigger. So there is more women waiting in the wings 
Um, but his attorney says Jonathan Majors is innocent and has not abused anyone. We have provided irrefutable evidence to the district attorney that the charges are false. We are confident that he will be fully exonerated, says attorney Priya Chowdhury. <laughs> you remember Priya? Jen Shaw's attorney that kept bringing up her ancestors. And by the way, did very well by Jen Shaw. She got a very minimal sentence for what she should have gotten. And... We then got filings two weeks ago that Jen Shaw has not paid her lawyers, and they asked to be removed from the case. So Pry is free from Jen and is now on to Jonathan Majors. So the problem is, though, even if this one turns out that he can get off, there now seems to be a steady stream of women with similar stories of abuse by Jonathan Majors. And this is very dangerous. But... It's also very bad news for Marvel, which is owned by Disney and ABC and all of these things. They're owned by a huge conglomerate, and they've now invested hundreds of millions of dollars into this actor. And he is not potentially going to be able to fulfill his duties because you don't want people going to the movie theaters thinking about domestic abuse when they're watching the new, the big, the newest superhero movie. You know, you're not going to be like, wow, he beats women. I wonder if he's going to beat the Avengers. You don't want that at all. That's bad news. So I think for a time there was a silence about this because, you know, I didn't even hear about it for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden this week, all this stuff started coming out. Now, if your agency and your management team and your PR team drops you, that's really bad news because guess what? These people want to make money. They're usually not in the business of doing things on because they're the right thing to do. So if these people who love to make money says, I don't want to work with this guy anymore, that is something to pay attention to. The other thing I look at when this, just, just for my pop culture brain is I went back and looked at pictures from him from like five, 10 years ago. And you've got to do this too, Jonathan Majors. Cause if you look at him now, this dude is ripped. He's shredded. He's huge. He looks like he's 200 pounds of just muscle. But if you look at a picture of him five, 10 years ago, he is half the size. I, I got to post a picture tomorrow on my Instagram stories. He's his legs are like little toothpicks. His waist looks like a 27-inch waist. God, it's my dream body. But what I'm saying is that that dude has grown by twice his size. And, it, you know, and I'm like, dude, that doesn't just happen. Like, even when I was working out with my trainer, we talked about this because we were talking about people just getting shredded. Unfortunately, the human body can do a lot. But that specificity in like training and stuff like that usually is helped by human growth hormones, steroids, things like that. And that led me to believe, dude, look at that guy. Look how he changed his entire physique. If he did that, I'm not saying he's on Ozempic. I'm saying he's on steroids. But if he did that, those kind of drugs really intensify your mood as well. And if there's a string of women saying that he's been abusive, I would keep your eye on that. Because to me, that just like hit me right over the head. I was like, whoa, man, I wonder what is going on with that dude. So that is a pop culture story I wanted to talk about. Very dark. Let's talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey for a second. I really dislike it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> no, it's, you know, listen, I, I guessed on, uh, you guys know Bra the, the Brav Bros. I was on their podcast today. I think it comes out on Friday and they're going to be on mine next week. And I, it was delightful. Uh, I've heard so much about them. We wanted to make this happen for a while and we had a great time. 
But we were talking about Summerhouse in Jersey and Vanderpump. And I was talking about Jersey because I watch it every week. But it's one of those things where it's just, it, it's like it really tests the audience patience because I just, I don't think, I mean, listen, the Gorgas and the Judicis aren't going to work things out, but they're going to continually want to film together because they're masochists and they just potentially want to be on TV but I've got to pull out of this. Like, I can't, like, I'm watching the same scenes every year. And you have all of these good newbies. You have Danielle, you have Fuda, you have Fessler. Like, these people are ready to go. Fuda and Danielle were, like, yelling at each other, like, th season three pros. And we have to stop and slow down for this stupid Giudici Gorga storyline where it's like, guys, if you didn't fix it the first time, 30 seasons, you're probably not going to fix it now, and you're ruining the show. The show has to move. Like, I always say, the show is king. You know, I don't care. I don't want any... Like, it's great if you're a star based on the show, but you can't be bigger than the show. And the show is going to have to make a really difficult decision coming up, and I think it's going to be having to cut Melissa and Joey, because they're never going to cut Teresa, even though I think they need to cut all of them. Teresa is a legend, and you might think this is blasphemy, but she will always be a legend. But I think at this point, I just don't know how much further. I, I think it, you know, every, the show is held hostage by this storyline. And the other storylines is like Jen Aiden, you know, it's like she's got so much stuff happening, but then she'll like just be such a sycophant to Teresa that you just kind of, I don't know, you just don't even really care. It's a show that I don't care about. Even though this week's episode, when they went like beer drinking in Ireland and stuff and chugging the Guinness, like it was a fun episode. It was a better episode than it usually is. But still, at some point, we had to go back to Melissa and Teresa fighting. And it was just, it was just boring. It's boring. How many times can you do the same thing? What is that, that saying? Like, what's the, uh, it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I feel like that's what we're doing. We're just banging our head up against a wall, expecting a different result from the story. It's never going to be different. And, you know, we can't even trust them to make up for a little bit just because a couple episodes ago, a couple episodes later, they're going to fight all over again. It's ridiculous. It's boring. And also Jennifer Aiden, how dare you try to make Booga Wolf happen? She was trying to uh, get one over, I think, on Margaret and called her a booga wolf. And a booga wolf, I guess, is a person who's not liked in the Urban Dictionary, which is just sad because it really did mean Jennifer Aiden was like sitting there looking for unique words to put on a T-shirt eventually. She was like, if this goes well, maybe I, too, could get a condo in Palm Springs like Lala Kent and send it to Daryl. <laughs> send it to booga wolf. Send it to booga wolf. <laughs> Oh, we have fun here, guys. How are you guys doing? I didn't even get to ask you, I don't think. I hope you're doing good. You're so close. You're so close to the weekend. Oh, this, by the way, Bling Empire. Did you hear about this? Bling Empire has been canceled by Netflix. They canceled both iterations of Bling Empire. I enjoyed the first couple of seasons, but yeah, I mean, I think it probably costs a lot of money. It's by the same people uh, selling the OC and selling Sunset, and I don't think it ever fully worked, but you know... Also, the Love is Blind reunion, I don't, uh, I watched it, but I didn't watch the entire season, but I will say so many people were in love with that series. 
I, I think it's wild though. I, I did know from watching it that Vanessa Manillo and Nick Lachey don't seem to be good hosts. And I think they never expected this show to do as well as it did. And the show is in desperate need of a host. And everybody says the obvious choice is Andy Cohen. I think there's so many good hosts out there. I just think Nick Lachey has never been that. He's like that kind of good, like, hey, I'm Nick Lachey and let's lead you to the door number one. Like he's that kind of host. But to like, I don't believe that Nick Lachey has true, genuine insight into any of these people, nor does he give a shit. And Vanessa seems like she gives way too much of a shit, but she is just horrible at it. She was making like Jim Carrey faces the entire time. I was like, and she just looked, I was like, what is going on with this woman? I couldn't tell if she was having a breakdown. She was like, I mean, it was truly a sight to watch. And I didn't even watch the entire season. And I was like, what is up with her? And she seemed obsessed with if these people are going to have kids or not and she seemed to be fans of the wrong people and then pressing like you know it was just it was extremely weird and it was another thing where it left a lot of fans disappointed so keep your eye on that as well because i'm pretty sure that they will find different hosts at some point um i I think this is another one of those things like howie mandel is like if you get an opportunity like this like how many opportunities do you have at this point if you're nick and vanessa lachey to be a part of something that is talked about very much and is watched by a lot of people. So if you suddenly find yourself in a job where you are on one of the TV shows that everybody's watching, you better damn well make sure you are really paying attention and that you are on the right side and that you can actually portray it in a fair way. I mean, hell, study Andy Cohen if you need to. But what they did just didn't cut it. Oh, also, to go back to um, Frank Ocean really quick and Coachella, I wanted to read you something. This cracks me up. Is that... Some people actually said very positive things about Frank Ocean's performance, including one Justin Bieber, um, the performer with the mostest. He actually made an Instagram post, and you're not going to laugh at first, but I'm going to explain it. This is what Justin wrote in an Instagram post. Quote, I was blown away by Frank Ocean's Coachella performance. His artistry is simply unmatched. His style, his taste, his voice, his attention to detail. I was deeply moved. It made me want to keep going and get better as an artist. He continues to set the bar high and gave me a night I will never forget. Exclamation point. Thanks, Frank. Now that's really beautiful, right? From a huge superstar like Justin Bieber to say, that performance changed my life. Now that would be amazing, right? (laughs) But I will say... There's literally photographic proof and video proof of Justin Bieber sleeping during Frank Ocean's set. <laughs> I shit you not. There's literally footage of Justin Bieber asleep standing up during Frank Ocean's set. So like, man, I don't know if you're thinking Frank for like a really good slumber or also Justin's not that much of a performer himself. Like when he's on, he's on, but he's another guy that can't, he cancels every world tour he does. He does seem to have emotional uh, problems as well and mental health issues that he speaks about. So from that angle, I'm sure he's very encouraging, but I'm like, you, you know, Justin Bieber in terms of performance, isn't the one that I would listen to. Now, if Beyonce was like, holy shit, this is unmatched. I'd be like, I'm all ears, Beyonce. You've earned the right to tell me what is and isn't a good performance. But I read that and I was like, this is wild because it looked like he was asleep for a couple of the sets at Coachella. And it's like this dang Haley Bieber, his wife, it feels like her unofficial job is to just like rub his back. 
you all like he was like I don't know what he was on or just sleeping or whatever, but she was just rubbing his back. And the sad thing is, I've seen her rub his back multiple times now at multiple different events over the years. And I'm just like, dude, when they go out, is Haley worried? It's like I'm gonna end up having to massage this dude all night. It really is. That relationship is so interesting. And I'm I'm really curious day to day how Justin is. You know, like is he okay? Um, also, the, in, in Twilight news, you guys, this is really interesting. Twilight, you know, the amazing movie series that we covered on this podcast with Annabelle DeSisto. We broke down every movie. I had never seen some of them. And um, it's horrible. It's really bad. <laughs> it's a really bad movie series. But it means so much to everybody. And don't worry. Like, I, listen, I've watched the movies. I've read the books. I I know, like, I'm not just some fly-by-night. I know this like the back of my hand, but it was ridiculous. That Renesmee, it's, it's ridiculous in the books. It's ridiculous in the movie. And guess what? They are now doing a TV show. They are doing a Twilight TV series. It's early development right now, but this series is going to bring these books back to life. I will say, man, it's like... So many people are excited by this, but I truly do wonder sometimes if Hollywood has just completely run out of new ideas. They're like, fuck it. Maybe people forgot the last set of movies that we made about this. Let's do it again. I think it'll be hard pressed to find somebody like Robert Pattinson, though. He really was perfect casting for that. Um, but we'll see. Um, they are putting this into development as a TV series. We'll see what happens, but I wanted to, to, you know, let you guys know. But that Twilight was such a phenomenon. Harry Potter too, by the way. HBO Max is now making Harry Potter TV series where they're going to redo all the books as TV series. Each book is going to be one season of shows. But it is another one of those things. These properties are so... They spend so much to like own these properties that they're going to try to suck every little penny they can out of people, you know? Oh, and then, uh, reminder, Homeless Not Toothless, they're doing a charity event that Dorita's hosting, remember? Oh, you know, remember Jamie Lee Curtis and the Chic Wind Chimes? Homeless Not Toothless is doing a charity event this Saturday, which they'll cover on the series. I know a friend, Christine, that is going to this. And I am just, uh, I'm like, I, you got to tell me exactly how this goes. They're honoring the actor William H. Macy, Sharon Stone. You got to read. I mean, that is just the recipe for the weirdest surreal life season that I've ever seen. Um, also, Christine, you guys, from Sister Wives. Christine from Sister Wives, she escaped that evil Cody, and now she is engaged. She's already, like, within a year, she is now engaged to her new love, and we are so happy for her. Um, Christine Brown, her fiancé is David Woolley. You can see him all over her Instagram, but I am just thrilled for her because that Cody with his tendril, little curly hair, he was just bad news, and she deserves all the happiness in the world. And I love when people get out of a relationship that obviously is bad for them and immediately good things start happening. I think that's incredible. Now, also, a good thing happening for somebody, and we'll end this here today, is do you guys remember... Anchor Jane, I'm Anchor Jane, I'm getting dicked down, yeah. Well, Erica Jane, you guys, she is triumphant once again because she today has announced her Vegas residency. I'm not joking, folks. 
She has a Vegas residency. It is called Bet It All on Blonde. Um, I'm going to read you the uh, press release. Uh, Area Jane's love affair with Las Vegas started with a playbill when she was just a child. The future reality star's mother and stepfather took a weekend getaway to Sin City and brought back a program from Lido to Paris, the famous review boasting topless showgirls that ran for decades at the now-demolished Stardust Resort and Casino as a souvenir. I fell in love with this program, Erica tells Billboard from her home in Los Angeles. So much so that when I did my book report, we had to pick a city, and I picked Las Vegas. So, <laughs> so Erica has officially had her sights set on Vegas. This summer, that long-standing dream of seeing her name in the lights of Sin City will be fully realized as Erica launches Bet It All on Blonde, her own very own residency at House of Blues Las Vegas inside the Mandalay Bay. It just feels right. It is right. It's over the top like Erica Jane, the blonde bombshell said of bringing her act to the famous strip starting August 25th for a run of 11 dates over five weekends through December 2nd. Fantasy, love, escape, glitz, glamour, fun. That's what we're going to bring you and I'm so fucking excited. I'm Erica Jane. So you guys will be able to get tickets. She's going to be doing 11 dates. Um, but, like, listen, I'm probably not going to see it. <laughs> but I hope everybody that's Erica James fans go out and do it. Uh, you know, I was looking more into it. And the um, the House of Blues isn't a big venue. So there's a chance she could, you know, do good. Uh, but I think whoever her PR people are, this was an amazing get for them because even if it's not uh, a lot of seats that you don't need that, all you need is people's perception that it's a really good thing. Now there is a blind item that she was, or potentially is dating a Las Vegas billionaire. So who knows how all this shook out? And I'm sure we'll see more of it on the actual show, but I do hope then in all of this, I hope she has like an in memoriam segment during her show where it talks about all the victims of her husband. And I hope they're getting their money because truly I don't root for Erica Jane, but good for her for sticking it out. Um, but I just don't like I, I don't. Um, but I'm, I'll be really interested. This is huge for Mikey Minden, uh, but I wanted to mention that. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that all God, when will Beverly Hills start back up? Oh, I'm just exhausted thinking about it. What is it? What is it? Probably like the fall, August? Who knows? Anywho, this is the show for today. Remember Friday, you got Double Trouble, Vanderpump, Palooza. I hope you'll party with us over the weekend with that. And I hope you guys have the best Thursday ever. And I will talk to you bright and early on Friday. Bye. Oh, don't forget to leave me a five-star review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Bye. Betches.